Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Hot dog, Mickey. Hot dog. Everyone, as always, today we are joined by the hot, as always, and handsome, <laughs> Hot Mickey. Oh, what's up, everybody? Hot Mickey here. Um, we got a, a fun topical episode before you all today. And uh, really quickly, before we jump into it, I would, as always, like to just get our disclaimers out of the way. Um, <clears throat> oh my gosh. Lucas, we have a Discord, don't we? <laughs> I think we have a Discord. People can I think we have uh, a Discord. join and hang out. And I think that Discord is a great place to talk about video games and to hang out and most importantly, talk to Hot Mickey. And everyone, if you want, you can find the link to our Discord and any of our social media handles. That's at TFP Podcast. That's at TFP Podcast with an S at the end. Um, if you go to any of the social media handles, whether that's on Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram, you can find our link tree, which will include links to our Discord. Um, and then as well, you can also find it on our website, thanksplaying.live. And you can also email me, and I will personally reply and uh, email you back with a link to the Discord. And that email is thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. Quick and Woo! dirty plug right there. Quick and dirty, quick and dirty, just how I like it. We got a lot to talk about today, actually, um, even before we get to the topic topics. Um, so I'm just going to hijack it real quick because um, this is really important to me. Boys, lads, gentlemen. The World Cup roster drops tomorrow to the U.S. And kickoff mm. of the first game um, is in about, from recording this on the 8th, it is in 12 days on the 20th. Um, it kicks off in, in Qatar. Not going to lie, Qatar, a very problematic country, and it's not great that it's being hosted there. However, I love soccer. Um I was deprived from the U.S. being in the World Cup four years ago. I do not joke when I say I've been waiting for this again for literally eight years. Um, now, still not as long as I waited for Kingdom Hearts 3. I was going to say, yeah, you're, you have <laughs> a history of waiting long. a long time for things. Still not as long as I waited for Kingdom Hearts 3, Your but a long time. Man. Nevertheless, nevertheless, quite a long time. So I'm gassed. Uh, really, really stoked for it. U.S. plays their first game on November 21st at 11 a.m., um, we play Wales, and then I think four days later, um, on the 25th, we play England, which is just going to be a game for the century. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. You know, it could go, and it can also go anyway. I'm super stoked, and that'll be a fun one for everyone to watch, and a really easy one to get behind, even if you're not a soccer fan. You know, like U.S. versus England. I think anyone can get behind that. You know, 1776, my right, lads. Um, <laughs> so excited for that one. And, um, I encourage everyone to tune in to at least one game of the world cup, you know, and support the country that you feel closest to, you know, I think the world cup is a very special sporting event. Um, it is truly, you know, global and I'd almost argue even easier to get behind, you know, than the Olympics, um, and more exciting than the Olympics. Yeah. You know, honestly, at, at this point, I feel like the Olympics has really declined, uh, yeah, in terms so. of like <laughs> importance to people. Uh, like I don't know, I, I feel like winter and summer Olympics, it just always flies by, and you, you go like, oh yeah, the it's like, oh yeah, that happened. happened. I, 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 I sort of the disagree Cup, with I mean, the yeah, Olympics sure. because this past Olympics was really weird because of COVID. It kept getting pushed off and off and off. That so, is, that so is. This was I an guess anomaly that's true. Yeah. Year. You yeah. have to wait till the next one. But the Winter Olympics, that one usually does get skipped by a lot of people. 
yeah. I don't but, remember where the last few Olympics like were. Japan. It was Japan. Was. I remember we even yeah. talked about okay, yeah. we Japan. talked about trying to go to Japan for the Olympics for a brief moment. Yeah, it, it was mentioned, but we I don't remember that. It, it was just more of an idea. It never got more <laughs> than that. I don't even remember us talking about the Olympics. That's how little it was on my yeah. radar. <laughs> but is, yeah, definitely worthy. Bringing it back. Point is, I think the World Cup is arguably one of the best sporting events in the world, and I encourage everyone to tune in to at least one game. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, I remember, um, I guess the last time watching the U.S., the, I do remember the U.S. in the World Cup. Um, well, what year was that, Matt? It's eight years 2014. ago? 2014, eight yeah, years ago. I do remember that. Years. I remember I was watching a little bit of it with my mom and my grandma um, when I was in college. Uh, man, yeah. it feels like so long ago. Whew, quite a long yeah. time ago, yeah. Wow, very fun. All right, um, what else for release watch? Okay, Um I just I, I wrote this down here because I just watched a little bit of it. You guys ever watch Storage Wars? I think no. I've heard of that. Jesus Christ, it's it's so hype. It's so awesome. Yeah, I just watched some with Katie. Um, she's a little sick, so I went and I dropped off some soup for her, um, and I uh, just sat and watched a little bit of Storage Wars, which she got into. It's basically just auction bidding on like people that never paid on their storage units. And people just oh. find just collectible shit in there. It's awesome. So a uh, shout out to Storage Wars and uh, just trash reality TV in general. Um, I am on kind of a good kick with some movies. You guys seen Barbarian yet? I don't even know what that is. The, the horror movie? No. It just got added to HBO a little bit before Halloween. And it's kind of having a little moment here. Um, it is a horror movie, uh, directed by one of the guys from the whitest kids, you know, like this sketch comedy show. Oh, I was like, what are you getting yeah. at? Uh, um, so ooh. obviously anybody who's done sketch comedy makes very, very good horror movies. Um, shout out to, uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, so that was awesome. Watch it. Don't watch any trailers and just watch Barbarian. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and then recently watched a movie in the theater actually called Triangle of Sadness, which was super awesome. Actually came from uh, uh, Cannes and won the most prestigious award at that film festival. Oh. Um, Swedish director, kind of a bunch of nobody actors or actors that most people haven't heard of, I'd say, um, except for Woody Harrelson. Uh, it's sort of a Gilligan's Island uh, on like a hyper billionaire yacht um, that crashes. So... That's all I'll say. Very, very cool movie. Uh, and Magic the Gathering's final set of the year, The Brothers War, is releasing. Uh, I did pre-order some products. Going to be popping some boosters uh, here in the next couple weeks. I'm very excited. Um, kind of, they, they got me again. They got me again. I'm, I'm buying Magic they, the Gathering. Did they stuff. ever not get so you? That's my... There you go. Uh, they didn't get me on the last two sets, actually. I did not oh. buy the last two. It's been actually a record year in terms of like what kind of products they've been releasing. It's it's insane. So they didn't get me on the last two. I, I do want to mention as well, too, I did just watch a movie. Um, something I brought up on the podcast before, actually. I recently watched uh, the 2022 remake of All Quiet. Quiet? All Quiet. All Quiet on the Western, Western oh, Front? On the Western Front. Oh, and, nice. Uh, they, How was it? You know, it's about, you know, it's like it's like an anti-war war movie, you know, it, it was very sad, but also very like intense, you know, so I think as someone that likes war movies or is interested in that time period or that war in general, I think they'd find it very interesting. You know, it's very anti-war, very anti-nationalism even, um, which is just, it, it, I, I really recommend it, uh, very, 
grounded in many ways with like how it depicts war. I think is what I would say. It's very grounded. Have you seen um, the original? Very honest. I did. I watched it in my history class in high school. Oh, nice. Which one do you um, like more? The remake? You of know, the I, I'd be lying if I said I can clearly remember the <laughs> that one. That would have been over 10 years ago, probably, that I watched that. Maybe maybe 11. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I'm 26. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bro, I'm older than you. We made Mickey both like, arc. <laughs> I know. I know. But, like, we're all, we're all closer to 30 than we are to... 20 and i just don't like yeah that. like I, I still hang around uh, like a bunch of smashes and i'm the old person at the group most of the time and it's been really weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but point is it was really good and um i highly recommend anyone check it out it's on netflix easy to watch i think it's in theaters too it'd probably actually it'd be a very good movie to see in theaters if you're able to but if not it's on netflix i recommend checking it out and then last thing for me and hot mickey i know we won't get into this because of spoilers obviously but the tokyo revengers manga is ending i want to say in three or a three week or two more weeks i want to say a week there, it's one, one more chapter, chapter. no there must be there's one more. more chapter and that's next wow. week okay i'm so well, <laughs> ends next week and you know I, I don't know if we have any fans that are following that or keeping up there maybe watch the anime but you haven't read so the manga yet but it is just a silly silly old little ending is all it's it's getting silly it's getting silly like the way it's wrapping up like like it's just like what's the word like some bullshit like do it what's the word deus ex machina deus ex machina deus machina bullshit yeah or it's just like how that how does that make any you know like it's just kind of like the writers clearly wrote themselves in wrote themselves into a corner so it's like they basically introduce a new game mechanic to like get themselves out. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, I won't, I won't go too far into it, but yeah, if anyone has a uh, check that out, go ahead and, you know, ping me, ping me and hot Mickey in the discord. It's we'll, actually we'll like, it I've really enjoyed like a lot of Tokyo Revengers. It's just like, but ju- just the ending, just like put a very sour taste in my mouth. It's Attack on Titan all over again. Funny enough, uh, I was on. I went to Twitter after. I was on Twitter after I read it, and I saw Tokyo Revenge was trending. I was like, "Oh, let, let's go along this thread and let's just like relish in the hate, just to like appease my anger." And and then I <laughs> I got hit with the stray of an Attack on Titan spoiler. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Why is that here?" Dude, honestly, I deserve that. Mickey, I deserve that. That is like, that is, yeah. <laughs> It's funny because that just it's there's people that still like it's weird in my mind of people that don't know the ending to Attack on Titan because I just I feel like I've already lived through like all that ridiculous that ridiculous day of like having to call Matt and having to call like all my friends after reading the Attack on Titan like final chapter. It's uh, been out. I mean, that was over. That, that, I feel like it was almost two years ago. In, almost it finished April 2021. I remember that was in the final chapter was released. So it's been out yeah. for. A year and a half. Now for a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just call it just like, I'd almost just like, I, I need to contact the commissioner and file a complaint after reading that one. So I, f- I feel your pain, Mickey. I feel your pain with what you're going through. I'm very excited for that, that anime to wrap up when the anime attack on time. No, no, there's going to be a part five. Oh yeah. The final, 100%. The they're going to drag season. that yeah. shit up for so long. <laughs> no, there's going to be, there's going to be two more parts. Uh, like, they're like going to go movies. all the way up to the, the no, there's going to be a, they're going to go all the way up to the very ending and there's going to be a movie and then the movie's going to have a cliffhanger and then there's going to be a part yep, two to yep, the yep, movie. Yep. That shit's going to, that's what's, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. Mm. 
Yeah. All right. Probably. Let's get on. Let's get on to uh, to the topics here, boys. Yeah. Shall we? We shall. Um, All right. I guess I'll I'll jump into it. Kick uh, us off, Matt. Well, you know, a, a really big game is dropping tonight at 9 p.m. PST. But you know, a, a game everyone's very excited about called God of War. However, however. I ask that you do not let God of War Ragnarok overshadow one of the biggest games of the year. (laughs) Dude, why Um, did they do this? (laughs) Like it is for those that don't know, Sonic Frontiers is basically like an open world Sonic game. Um, I'm not going to dive too much into it here. I just wanted to mention it because it's going to absolutely get overshadowed by God of War Ragnarok. And I thought it was worth acknowledging that it exists. And the ratings of it are just comically all over the place. It has an aggregate score on Metacritic of 73 out of 100 from Digital Trends, which I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure how, what that kind of, what kind of reviews they usually give out, but they gave it a one out of five stars. Um, <laughs> Game Informer and GameSpot both gave it in the sevens out of 10. Games Radar, which I know is a more reputable one, gave it a two out of five stars. IGN gave it a seven. Push Square, eight. Shack News, nine. It got a nine. Adventure. Yeah, Venture B and then Video Game Chronicles both gave it four out of five stars. So I, don't, I, I just thought that was worth worth mentioning. You know, it it's not often that things are that kind of divisive. I find it fascinating that the only ones that were really low actually were the were the star ratings. I wonder if there's something going on there. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but it's it is interesting that it's it's like has a really high like um, what's the stat like range. It's like not the averages probably all. I mean, they average out to like kind of an average mediocre kind of game, like mid seven seventies. You know, we've played mid seventies on yeah. this podcast games. Yeah. It's like not the worst thing ever. I love like, a, a seven is probably a good game. Yeah, it's probably decent. Right. But like the fact that people are giving it like one and two stars, it's like, wow, OK, this is really not hitting for some people. Um, yeah, I, I saw the uh, log line. And by the way, it does have a nine out of ten on Steam ratings. Um, oh, those are mm-hmm. crowd ratings. I think the crowd ratings tend to be higher for Sonic games just because the like Sonic crowd is like Fan. very dedicated. Fans come out. Fans, fans come out. out. Yeah, the fans come out for Sonic. Um, but the the logline for the game is actually kind of interesting. Um, as Sonic the Hedgehog, the player explores the mysterious Starfall Islands to collect the Chaos Emeralds after Sonic and his friends are separated when falling through a wormhole. And if you look at like some of the kind of light spoilery screenshots, the enemies in the game actually look kind of interesting and the environment looks kind of cool. Um, and like Sonic in some of these is like wearing like different armor. I'm not quite sure if that's like just certain okay. segments of the game or what's going on there, but it doesn't look like an uninteresting, super generic Sonic game. It looks pretty, pretty interesting. Um, they just couldn't have chosen a worse time for this game to come <laughs> out. It was just, yeah. what, I, I, what were they thinking? Like, I know that the God of War release date was kind of a surprise because it was announced like only a few months ago, but we all knew it was kind of coming. Aren't like, they both Sony games? No, no. Sonic is uh, 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 Capcom oh, or yeah. Sega. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I think it's, is it published by, um, uh, published by Sega developed by the Sonic Sega. team, which is that set, which is a first party of Sega. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, Open world, it looks cool. I think it gets it got a lot of shit when it was like kind of early gameplay stuff was coming out. I mean, I don't know. I really haven't played a Sonic game since I was like in middle school, but 
I, I enjoyed the occasional Sonic game while growing up. So I'm yeah. sure that uh, some kids going to be playing this one, having a good time. But I just know that we will not be playing this game at this time. Yeah, one day it might make its way, but uh, not today. But yeah. that's either here nor there. The big topic, obviously, to talk about, um, as I just mentioned, God of War Ragnarok is out coming out tonight at 9 p.m. PlayStation, PlayStation, 9 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> um, I know both myself and Lucas already got it downloading. Um, Mickey, hot Mickey, I'm not sure if you'll be taking right away, but this is a very big game. Um, kind of really one of the most hyped games. And, you know, I can't remember a game that was this hyped upon release um, since Elden Ring. So yeah, I was going to say which came Ring. out about nine months ago. I want to say is when that came out. February. Was, yeah, April, Elden Ring April. was still this year. Oh my God. Uh, February, March, Mar- something like March. That. Yeah. Uh, I think it was late March when it, when it was released. Um, yeah. So yeah, these are the game of the years. Um, this is, this is the game of the year contender. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the big game that's uh, taken down Elden Ring. As best game, it's really year. just going to be between you know Elden Ring and God of War, I think. So, you know, I, I just wanted to to mention, you know, I, obviously it's going to be a hot topic in the gaming, you know, zeitgeist for the next several weeks, I think. Um, so far, you know, far by far, you know, the game has just been getting over overwhelmingly positive reviews. You know, and I haven't seen anything lower than a four point five. Um, out of five stars or lower than a nine out of 10. Many game outlets, notably IGN being one of the biggest ones, have also given it a 10 out of 10. Of course, the true tale will be how big of, you know, what what does TFP give it? What does TFP um, give it? Exactly. The ultimate, We're you wondering. know, why... Who who's our biz dev guy? Why why didn't we get a early release <laughs> copy? Yeah. I don't know. I wish we had one. I wish we had one. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think about like this hype? Is this hype good for God of War? Is it good for like audiences in general? I I kind of don't like it. You know, I don't know why, but I'm I have a theory that this game might be mid. <laughs> okay, I, it's probably not mid. It's probably There's not. No shot this I, okay, made. here's here's my issue. Here's here's my issue. Here's my issue. The tweet that we have here. This is uh, C reacts. C reacts. Um, give it before we get into this tweet. Give us the lowdown. You, you shared yeah. this. Oh, this is just a YouTube guy. I follow. Uh, he he's a What's variety he ga- gamer, but he like has done like a bunch of master duel videos with. Uh, Rhyme style. If you're also, he's a Dragon Ball person. Cool. Oh, cool. C-Rex is also a Dragon Ball person, okay. gotcha. but they just like goof around a bunch of other sh- uh, with a bunch of other games. Uh, but they tend to go okay. back to Dragon Ball I to- and Yu-Gi-Oh. To- totally like valid opinions are out there. Like totally respect any like content creators like playing the game and like giving ratings to stuff. Absolutely. But the tweet is. Hashtag God of War Ragnarok is already game of the year and I'm only an hour and a half in. Like, my guy watched the opening cutscene. Like, there's the an hour and a half in to a game is like nothing. Yeah. It's like this is the problem with hype, right? It's just like, okay, dude, it's a great, it's a great game. I'm sure the first hour and a half of the game is like You've probably learned one ability, one new ability. I don't even think you probably have gotten into like a new a weapon upgrade, new abilities. Like, there's no way mechanics have been explored. There's no way the gameplay has like gotten to a point as as you, a gamer, is like experiencing real gameplay or gameplay loops. You're just like watching probably pretty like pictures and like intro cutscenes. So, I don't know. I think like 
there's gonna be such quick like quick takes on this whole thing and i'm just not excited for like this first week this is why you gotta trust the tfp review which is coming out you know when we have the game for at least three four weeks because we're gonna play it like real gamers we're not gonna power through <laughs> this like a fucking mountain dew sweaty ass person at ign with cheeto puff have a deadline to me fingers having a deadline to me i well, we, we do have a deadline. We've done that on TFP, and it fucking sucks, and you don't really play the game. You don't really play the game. But we're going to really play the game here. You can expect our review dropping on December 1st. You know, we, it's Christmas month. We might even do a remix of the TFP song. We producer Sam has time. Producer Sam has time. Oh, yeah, he's got a ton of time. Sam. He's not doing it. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, not working on like any movies or film. anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but my, my point is I'm skeptic, skeptical of anything like that. You know, I'm I'm really afraid of just like a massive group thing happening around this game and us kind of abandoning reason and just going 10 out of 10 because IGN said 10 out of 10. So for those that play this game, I encourage you think critically about it and Love it. go into the discord and tell us what you think about it. Um, and enjoy it. You know, if it is genuinely, it might be a 10 out of 10. Maybe, maybe I'm going to play this game and I'm going to eat my words, but I, I, I enjoyed the first God of War, not first, the 2018 God of War. War. 2018. Yeah. And, but I don't think that game deserved all the hype it got. So I'm very curious to see, I'm going into it with an open mind, but I'm very curious to see how my experience and how Lucas's experience and the fans experiences will be with God of War Ragnarok. I, I do I do want to say I'm very excited for like the game of the year like arguments that are going to happen on like Reddit threads and Twitter threads and stuff like that because Elden Ring came out a little while ago so the recency bias is definitely going to be on God of War for game of the year and also God of War I mean is going to be an easier game than Elden yeah. Ring so like Justin Davis said this on on GameScoop months ago and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna quote him here it's basically Elden Ring as game of the year. And all the babies who think that God of War is game of the year. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, very, yeah. I'm excited to just call people babies uh, that say God of War is game of the year and just get on get on my like delusional high horse about me beating Elden Ring to all these uh, God of War Ragnarok people. <laughs> very excited for that. Yes. All right, Lucas, what you got for us today, King? All right. So... Um, we're a little late on this one, unfortunately, uh, just with, with recording and news cycles and things like that. But the PSVR 2 price tag is out, everybody. And guess what? It is more expensive than your PlayStation 5. Okay, we got a yep. $550 USD price tag for PlayStation. Um, pre-orders coming out November 15th with a release date of February 22nd, 2023. Um, a new design quote, we've created the PSVR two headset with comfort in mind in a slightly slimmer and lighter design compared to our previous headset. We've also included an integrated vent for extra airflow and a lens adjustment dial for a more customized feel. We hope players will enjoy the new design. Uh, okay. Two things, how are we feeling about the price tag and two, how are we feeling about VR? As a general concept. Price tag, pretty fucked up. <laughs> Pre- Super fucked pretty up. Pretty fucked up. Uh, I don't know how... I mean, I guess the sentiment from a lot of like people in the industry is that given the technology that is in this piece of equipment, 
in this hardware, like the price tag does make sense. However, it's just a tough sell. It's just a tough sell. It's more than the PlayStation. It's more than the PlayStation. And, you know, I want to say the Meta, the Meta Quest 2, which is, uh, I guess that's Meta's. That's the interface. Oculus. That's right? the Oculus. Yeah. Which is a, um, you know, a, uh, what's the word? VR headset. Platform. Standalone VR headset. Mm-hmm. You don't even need, I could be wrong, but I'm 95% sure you don't even need. You don't need a system. Yeah. You, you don't need yeah, a system it, to use is only $400, you know, and the amount of the, the person that needs to buy a PlayStation VR to access VR is not going to be the kind of person that's going to care about the high end experience of a VR experience. If that makes sense. Like the, the the technology in the VR PlayStation Five VR Two is going to be better than the technology and the hardware of the MetaQuest Two. You know, like higher end, whatever, all that stuff, like more processing power by virtue of it being hooked up to your PS Five. However, if someone truly cares about VR and like really does want that high end experience, and is someone that's truly interested in that industry, or that not industry, I should say, but that um genre of gaming they're, they're going to be better off hooking it up, you know, getting like a nice headset, hooking it up to their PC. And then also, you know, notably having access to like so many more titles too. you know, the PlayStation five or the PlayStation VR two, it's not even backwards compatible with the original PlayStation VR games. Um, and there's going to be just, you're gonna be very limited by whatever the developers are able to pump out really, you know, and I don't think they had a right. crazy launch title at first either. Granted, this isn't yeah. coming out until 2023, but the big the big launch title, including um, there's oh, the big launch title is Horizon uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. There's actually a bundle you can get um, with that, you know, killer app quote killer app and the VR headset and the controllers and stuff like that. Um, and there's supposedly going to be, you know, 20 or so titles that are to be announced uh, throughout, like, the time of these pre-orders and things like that. Um, so, you know, there are going to be some titles that are going to be coming out with this. But I don't know. It feels like a cart before the horse scenario uh, for me. And it's it's just it's a lot to ask right now, especially since Sony and this goes to my second topic, which I'll get I'll get to a little later in this uh, in this episode. Sony just raised the price of their PlayStation like not that long ago. And uh, they're really, really like eating their decision right there. Um, and, you know, profits have been down for Sony. It's just like PS5s are very, very, very expensive. And uh, this is a hard one to justify. Hot Mickey, what do you think? Uh, I I pretty much agree with all of your sentiments. Like VR gaming still isn't that popular right now. And so like you're already hitting a small demographic with when you're trying to invest into vr because i think we're still a bit uh too far in the future with that like they they just invest in it too soon and i don't think consumers are ready to like openly invest into like getting vr stuff they're still like content with their ps5s their xboxes or even just their pcs and yeah nobody feels the need to get a vr stuff so like having someone pay pretty much over $600 after tax and like, and like shipping and whatever, like it's going to like, it's hard to justify that when you already have your other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm wondering, do you guys think 
VR will catch on at some point because I see things like, you know, Meta or, you know, what was formerly known as Facebook has really doubled down on VR, Meta, the metaverse. Like it's a, like a huge focus of Mark Zuckerberg and uh, the team over at Meta. And it's like the value of Meta is rapidly, rapidly declining. And I just, for me, I not only do I not think we're ready for VR, I'm really questioning if it is, quote, the future of, like, entertainment and gaming. Do you guys think that? Until we reach the point of sword art online, and it, like, or <laughs> I'm not even joking, like, until we reach that level of immersion or whatever level of immersion you're apparently able to get through brain dances and, like, say something like cyberpunk, I don't think we're going to hit... Uh, Hit that. Hit hit that, yeah. yeah. Mickey, what do you uh, think? I'm actually really simple. If I can ever get VR to where, where I'm playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and my monsters are spawning like in the anime and we can act out stuff like that and you can see all the monster animations, <laughs> I, I will get into VR. I will invest. Okay, Some I think they, ha- I think they have that. Other I think men they want realistic sex. I, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Matt's, Matt wants sex. There's, there's nothing to do like, with like, any of the monster <laughs> animations because there are just so many goddamn monsters. And, and well, you okay. hard to code I, everything, right? I, I, I think that would line. be... I, I'm, I'm, I like that as a goal, Mickey. I'm into that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll join you on that hill, actually, for sure. All right, Mickey, what do you got for us? All right, so... Speaking of Yu-Gi-Oh, this past weekend was the YCS Pasadena in our backyard 2022 uh, event that Konami hosts. And the reason why I want to bring this... uh, Now, Mickey, real quick, YCS... Yes, that is the Yu-Gi-Oh Championship Championship Series. series. Okay. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there was a new set in Yu-Gi-Oh that released about, like, somewhere between two to four weeks ago. It had a bunch of, like, it's, like, made in something made in maverns uh, something like that it had a bunch of like female cards and one of the big archetypes that released was a shizu's card from the anime uh they they gave her updated cards but they were kind of really busted and uh, <laughs> to put into perspective in the top tw- in the top 32 deck breakdown eight over 80 percent of the decks in top 32 were using these cards and uh, the Ishizu, uh, what's it, what's it And the Zizu format, Tier Limits. Tier Limits, yeah, limits is another uh, archetype. Uh, so they combine the Ishizu cards with Tier Limits. Uh, I'm not going to get into breakdown of what exactly they do uh, besides the Ishizu cards, which they pretty much involve like milling cards. And then like they get a bunch of graveyard effects okay. for when they get sent to the graveyard. And so when you see two of these players go back to back together, you'll uh, you'll see like so many card effects go off at the same exact time, uh, evolving, uh, setting up into like chain link eight, chain link nine uh, sets. So like nine effects will happen back to 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 back. It's gotten super complicated and it's, mm. and it's been it's super convoluted to just like a newbie eye. Like uh, in the document, I posted a screenshot Bro. of the field. This is turn two. This is turn two. Yeah, this is pretty, pretty, degenerate. Are, pretty degenerate looking. There's like 20 cards just straight out on the field. And there's probably more <laughs> that they're trying to get out. But just taking the screenshot out of context, you have no idea what the fuck is happening. This is That's a single turn, turn, turn two of Yu-Gi-Oh. 
I don't wait. So it lets you just throw. No, so, I'm so confused. Here, hang on. I think I got this. I think I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mickey. I'm totally interrupting. I'm just gonna read this. Uh, so tier tier laments, Shirian. Is that the card? Is that the monster that is like the linchpin of the deck, or is it all these tier laments? Like no, no. no uh, like so, it's all these tier laments. So, so tier laments. Uh, from what I understand, I don't know much about like the TCG actually because I mainly play Master Duel. So a lot of these cards aren't in Master Duel, Master Duel yet. Uh, but from what I understand, tier limits are, are like recycling cards. So they'll go to the bottom of the deck after they get used. Uh, so, and then with the Ashizu mm, cards, okay. they mill cards. So you'll pretty much uh, be able to mill your opponent out before, and, and you refresh your cards. So they'll run out of cards before you do. And then you'll just get more card advantage because all of your cards get effects based off when they get sent to the graveyard. As opposed to your opponent probably doesn't have that. Unless you're going up against the Ditto. Man... Whatever happened oh to Elements? <laughs> they're, 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 they're like a they're <laughs> like a C tier C tier deck, <laughs> and this is like a tier zero or, or dark magician. Also, like B. I I oh I, I see Yu Gi Oh. And then there's a trap card. There's Exchange of the Spirit, which runs this deck, which is a trap card. That's if both players have 15 or more cards in their graveyard, pay a thousand life points. Each player swaps the cards in their graveyard with the cards in their deck, then shuffles their deck. You can only activate one Exchange of the Spirit yeah. per duel. So, right. okay. So there's some of that action so, going so the, on here uh, too. This is actually a little controversial too because top tier Yu-Gi-Oh actually loves this format right now because it's very skill intensive because there are so many effects going off at the same time and it's very interactive. Uh, like there's a lot of decision making happening, especially in the di in the ditto. So like, oh, I need to do it like in this order, this order. If they do it like this, I need to do it like this. And then there, there's just a lot of that going around. So. Uh, at the top level of play, they love it. But for newcomers, this is super daunting and it's like impossible to get into when you see stuff like this. Yeah, this reminds me of a Magic the Gathering deck type called Storm, which the goal is to play like a bunch of spells. Like the goal is to design the deck. The deck is designed to play as many spells as possible on a single turn and then play certain cards that are based on the number of spells you played that turn. So you get like oh, maximum yeah, you get value decks like that. of things like that. Um, so yeah, this kind of looks, kind of reminds me of like a, a storm deck from, from Magic the Gathering. But yeah, this is, this is a little daunting, especially just reading, like, I'm just reading these creature effects. And by the way, Yu-Gi-Oh, like, can you, can you send this to me, Lucas? I'm, I'm yeah, I'm looking at a, a deck on like, what is this? Yu-Gi-Oh pro deck.com. Um, I'll put it here in our, in Dude, our little Yu -Oh chat card text for is so our, stupid. Uh, our thing. <laughs> um, it's on, it's on Riverside, Matt. So, well, the thing with Yu-Gi-Oh 2, and they got to fix this, is they got to they gotta make the art frame smaller so that they can make the text box bigger because the text is so small on dude, all these dude, cards. Dude, uh, I've been, like, watching some, like, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh uh, YouTube stuff and when they bring, like, magic players on to, like, talk about Yu-Gi-Oh stuff and the, they just always bash the t card text because it's so bad. <laughs> it's like, so small. Like, magic so cards go, will and, go, like, like two, three, uh, like, three sentences at most and then Yu-Gi-Oh says, like, 15 yeah. sentences on a and then a little box dude dude okay here i'm just gonna read tier laments rhino heart okay it's a four star monster which means it could be summoned yes. without a sacrifice 1500 attack 1200 defense uh water warrior i don't even know if that even matters i don't know obviously either. with Yu-Gi-Oh cards um if this card is normal summoned or special summoned colon you can send one tier laments in quotes monster from your deck to the graveyard except 
Tear Laments Rhino Heart, which is this card. If this card is sent to the graveyard by, by card effect, you can special summon this card, but banish it when it leaves the field. And if you do, send one Tear Laments card from your hand to the graveyard. You can only use each effect of Tear Laments Rhino Heart once per turn. Yeah. Huh. I don't know what any of that meant. I, I guess uh, this is like a live react video, like the inverse of what you just said, or exactly what you just said, Mickey. This allows you to send a card to your graveyard after you summon it, but it can't be itself. Yes. So, so it has yeah, to be another uh, no, the, card. The point is these Shizu cards will mill out your deck and which will send the tier limit card away and then you'll be able to use the tier limits effects to play it from your discard, essentially. That's like the theory Jesus. behind it. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh is Yu -Oh. stupid. Man, I, I kept up. <laughs> I kept up with Yu-Gi-Oh until Synchro Summons, and after that, it lost me. And uh, the fact that I, I kept... I mean, actually, I don't know, Mickey, how many generations is that now from... Uh, uh, let's see. So it goes Yu-Gi-Oh, GX, 5Ds. So 5Ds is the Synchro, which is Gen 3. Then it goes Zexel, which is Ixies, Arc V, which is Pendulum, Vrains, which is Lynx, and then Sevens. Uh, which is just a different Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh Rush Duels, and then Go Rush, which is happening right now. Okay. So we're on eight. <laughs> Man, wow. It's quite silly. Yeah, what Yu-Gi-Oh re so, needs right now uh, is like okay, a different highlight, format. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, this is the only format, and so it's hard for new players to get in. Uh, like, Magic has a lot of different formats. Can you imagine so I, some kid that, like, found, discovered the original anime got like a Kaiba, Seto Kaiba booster deck, starter deck, shows up at his first tournament, just gets taken out in one turn before he even gets to play oh, please, oh, please, 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 oh, to, to get he that just, Kaiba booster uh, starter deck, it's, I'm pretty sure that's like $100. It's yeah, actually a lot of like money, $100. right? It's, yeah, those are yeah. super expensive. Those are all worth a lot of money now. Uh, okay, two yes. questions for you, Mickey, then we can, we can move on from the topic. Um, is having 81% of the top 32 decks be that's insane this, that same deck is that is that good is that good for the meta is that healthy for the meta and then two my second question is uh is that good for the meta? <laughs> I, my question. Uh, I personally don't think it is uh i, I think it's uh, very nice to have diversity in like any kind of meta like take say like uh super smash brothers melee right now uh it used to be just like fox falco and it's pretty much like mainly just like Fox players just running rampant on like all top eights. But nowadays we have Fox, Falco, Sheik, Marth, Yoshi, Pikachu. Like Yoshi. we have so much character diversity now in Melee. It's like better than ever. I, I think it's so nice to have uh, diversity in at the highest level of play to show like all the different ways you can play the game. It's quite remarkable how long it took for Melee to uh, reach oh, right. that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's phenomenal, but it's just, yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully Yu-Gi-Oh can move on from 81% of the same deck inside of top 32, because yeah. you don't see a lot of this kind of stuff in other card games. Um, <coughs> magic. <laughs> Definitely see a lot more diversity, <laughs> but not bagging on Yu-Gi-Oh. It sounds like I'm bagging that... on Yu-Gi-Oh. It's just a game I don't <laughs> and then, really like, understand. Half of the rest of the percent is like Fluandries, which is just a... Everybody hates Fluandries. It's like the deck that everyone hates. It's just it's just a bunch of floodgates and it stops your opponent from playing the game. 
We will we will do uh, and we should do uh, uh, just a dedicated episode on either Yu Gi Oh or, or Magic or, or just two like, episodes, the, like, which, which would be, that'd be fun. Fun, yeah, honestly. just yeah. Because I think we've done card games. I think we did card games at one point, um, but it'd be cool to do just a dedicated yeah. Yu Gi Oh episode for sure. Um, all right, Matt, what else you got? <sighs> Talking about everyone's favorite, favorite <laughs> internet <laughs> electric car man, Elon Musk. So, obviously, you know, uh, I think it was just a two or three weeks ago, it officially came through that. Actually, no, probably more recently than that. But Elon has officially completed his purchase of Twitter for, I believe, it was in the range of forty billion dollars. Like forty-two billion, I think. That number, um, forty-two billion dollars, and. Obviously, you know, that raises a lot of questions and problems in and of itself. The fact that Elon owns this, you know, <laughs> he's a problematic figure, obviously. And, you know, Lucas Lucas asked me the other day, um, Matt, what what does this mean? Is Twitter just done? <laughs> Are we done with Twitter now? And I said, Lucas, I genuinely have no idea. And I still don't. But we're off to a rough start. Uh, Elon <laughs> is... Elon is going to be instituting a $8 verification fee on Twitter. This is an $8 monthly fee users will have to pay to get the blue check mark. Now, the big problem with this is obviously right now, if you're on Twitter, you know that the blue check mark is used essentially to verify the, the identity of public public faces or reporters, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so that you know that you can... I use the word trust lightly here, but it's to know that you can trust that news source, you know, or you, uh-huh. you can trust that it's from a, re, a supposedly a reputable source or trust that that is actually Kanye tweeting about Skeet Davidson, <laughs> whatever it may be. Um, that is the purpose of the verification. The problem is that he's going to be opening that up Unless something's changed from the yeah, five days ago, uh, it, this article. It, it he's going to be opening this up to yeah. So, ha- so has. tell uh, me how it's changed, Michael. It's no, he's. I think he's going to still allow people who have the blue check marks now to keep it, and then you can opt into this thing now to to pay eight dollars to get a verification. So even if you're not, can so we... you could be a troll account potentially, yes, and then yes. pay the eight dollars still to get the verification. The, the, that's no, problematic. That's no, where the problem uh, is. If you're an account that like impersonates someone, you will be permanently suspended now, unless you like specify you're a parody account. Oh, until you create a new account. I mean, until you just yeah, like there's a, there's actually a, 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 a little thing that happened. Uh, the, there's a Daniel Radcliffe uh, Twitter account impersonating Weird Al because Daniel Radcliffe is playing Weird Al in the movie. Oh, and he's playing Weird Al in the movie. Suspended. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Idiots. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> Man. How, how, are, how are we feeling about this? I'm pretty negative on it. I don't know. I mean, no major social media charges. I mean, even before... Well, even before Elon did this, Twitter did have a thing called super following, which was like basically a subscription to specific um, creators. However, as I understand it, that was something in the vein of like a Twitch subscription, you know, not it was like, like a Patreon a, or something like a Patreon type thing where you get exclusive content from that, that um, user on Twitter. So it's not like new for there to be a sort of subscription service on Twitter. However, it is new for it to be a blanket subscription to Twitter. And, 
I, I find it. I find I think that the parody account thing is going to be harder to police than they think. Um, I'm afraid of just what this is going to do for the the the, the Twitter ecosystem because I don't know. I mean, Twitter is like a cesspool for sure. Like, there's no. I'm not going to deny that, but. Like for me, I really like it. Is it's a very good way for me to keep up with the soccer world. Like I don't even the majority of my Twitter timeline. This might surprise people. I, it really is mostly soccer stuff. It's soccer with the occasional anime memes. Like that's how I keep in touch with soccer. Um, and I don't know. Like the fact that anyone can now get a blue check mark is not great because you you could someone might tweet something like an official report. But that blue check mark is how you know to take it seriously or not, you know. And the fact that anyone could have that blue check mark now is very makes me very nervous. Um, and a lot of other people don't like it either, you know. Um, notably, good folks like Stephen King have been talking shit on Elon on Twitter. Um, and Elon, now this is what's really interesting to me. In defense of his eight dollar tweet Twitter subscription fee, he says he and he said this on Twitter. He says, we need to pay the bill somehow. Twitter cannot re- rely entirely on advertisers. He, and then he goes on to expand. I will explain the rationale in longer form before this is implemented. It is the only way to defeat bots and trolls, which I don't understand because enabling a bot or, or well, maybe not a bot, but enabling a troll to have that $8 is going to give them more power in a way. And then on the opposite end of that, by someone that maybe just can't afford that $8 a month that is a genuine enjoyer of Twitter, you're taking power away from them and taking away their voice on Twitter. Yeah, like if you, if yeah. you don't pay for that $8, have, uh, like your, your 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 replies to tweets get buried under all the blue checkmark stuff that right, people are right. paying and you don't, you just, your voice doesn't get heard. I have, I have three takes off this whole scenario with Elon Musk that have developed as he's bought Twitter. Um, and... Uh, I've said this before, Matt, if you'll recall. Uh, Elon, who's like a champion of free... I knew this was going to happen. Elon, who is a champion of free speech and Mm -hmm. is very big on it, has created already an ecosystem where free speech can be silenced and and is being silenced very, very quickly and very easily. So the free speech thing on social media does not exist. I'm, I'm convinced on this. It can never happen. Like, no conservative website can ever exist that's 100% free speech because even when Donald Trump, the username for Donald Trump got taken on his site, he immediately had to steal it back and like that's a user hilarious. got shut down. I didn't know that. Because that's what you have to do, right? Like if I, if, if people wanted to do 100, 100% free speech, okay, let's make an account, post the N word a million times on a bot and see how long before it gets shut down. It just yeah. can't happen. It'll never happen, right? So one, Elon is eating his own words on that. Two, Elon, who is, like Stephen King says, like a really great visionary in some ways, you know, Tesla's great, whatever, autopilot's amazing, Tesla cars, all that stuff. I I don't understand why people believe that Elon understands how to run a completely other type of company. Like, I don't know where people get this idea that Elon can solve all the, quote, problems of Twitter or social media or the internet as a guy that has a car company. As a, a guy that owns a car, co- like think about like think about what we're doing here. Like think about what like culture, like the internet is doing. It's like you wouldn't take like someone who runs like a real estate empire that goes and buys like Google. You wouldn't expect them to know how to run Google. Like 
you 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 just wouldn't. But yet, like we we give so much credit to Elon for all this stuff. I I just don't understand it. And my third point, I forgot. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, it, it is largely you know I think you nailed everything on the head. Um, it's largely problematic. It's not a great thing. So we're just kind of have to see how this one uh, pretty much plays out. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I'll go to my second one here. I know we're already kind of uh, blasting. The time is going by so fast on this recording. Um, okay, so uh, VideoGameChronicle.com uh, did launch this article. Uh, PlayStation 5 hits 25 million units, but Sony gaming profits fall 49% due to rising costs. So like I said um, earlier this year, uh, Sony did raise the price of the PlayStation 5 uh, quite a bit. Uh, I, I did link an article for you guys too, just so we could take a look at like how much it was increased. Um, and and I, I don't think I really realized the gravity of this when we even talked about it, Matt. Uh, I mean, I've never seen a console price go up in my lifetime. It always goes down, right? So for the fact that the PS5 is out for like a year or two, uh, and then all of a sudden the price goes up is just completely unprecedented in the first place. And the numbers will now show us that it's not it's not what you it's not possible. Now, the big thing is inflation, uh, the decline of certain currencies all over the world, basically every currency except US dollar, I think has pretty much declined, which is why in other territories outside the US, the price of the PS5 has gone up. Um, it's gone up 50 euros in Europe. Um, it's gone up 30 pounds since launch in the UK. Um, it's gone up um, I actually don't think it's gone up too much in Japan since launch. Um, Wait, how much has it gone yeah, up in the US? It hasn't risen None. in US. Okay. It has yeah, not gone up in the US. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, it's because the US dollar has actually remained steady. But like other mm -hmm. currencies have dropped in value all over the world. And prices have gone up virtually everywhere. Inflation has been rampant. All that stuff is what's happening as well. Um, and on top of that, I mean, Sony has to raise their price to at least maintain their profit margins per unit. But all this has really led to a decline of profits of 49% for Sony. So that was uh, that was a news article that had just come out um, a week ago. And uh, it's, it's a little scary, I think, also considering that uh, they also did launch their PlayStation Plus services, which I've bought. Matt, I'm not sure if you're still paying for it, but... You know, you mm -hmm. would think that this would contribute to their bottom line of increasing their profits, but I'm not sure if that service has become quite profitable yet. Yeah, you know, it just, it goes to show, I mean, largely, obviously, part of the reason some of these prices are going up is just currencies getting weaker, you know, they need to make up costs. And uh, I, I, I do think that this is just a bit of kind of sign of the times, unfortunately, that we're heading into, you know, when... In, in recessions, you know, I don't know if, well, England apparently. Are we, wait, are we in a recession? recession? Are we technically in I don't think in a we've officially Matt? announced. I'm not sure the exact <laughs> I, definition. I, I don't think we're technically of, in a recession. Like, yeah. what the, I don't think we're technically in a recession. However, England has defined themselves as being in a recession. I believe I saw an article about that pretty like two or three days ago. Anyways, my point is things like gaming, entertainment, tech stuff largely, things that are accessories to our lives, not necessary to our lives. That's where people are going to cut cut costs first, you know. Um, that's where they're going to decide not to buy that sixty dollar or seventy dollar game or that five hundred dollar console because that, that five hundred dollars could potentially be a month and a half of groceries if you spend it right, you know. Mm. Um, 
So oh, I'm way not more surprised. Than, way more than that. Oh, things are very, yeah, yeah. Uh, or I got lost, lost my train of thought. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> my, well, if you're feeding a family of four, you know. Anyway, the point true. is, That's true. Uh, I, I expect to see things like this in the future for all gaming companies, you know, and I mean, tech in general is just taking a very large hit right now. Like, every major tech company is laying off large percents of its workforce. Um, like, I, I don't want to get too much into the business side of things, but like, obviously, if you even follow the market loosely, you'll know that tech is remarkably down. I think Meta's down like 70% this year or something crazy like that, you know, and yeah. everything's just down, you know, if you're in Microsoft tech. Microsoft had so, layoffs in October as well. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just apart saw from F- you, FTX is down eighty-seven percent today. Yeah, yeah. So wow. things like this are going to keep happening, you know. And I, I think the gaming industry will be hit by this pretty heavy. The question is, who's going to be able to mitigate the pain the most? Is it going to be Sony? Is it going to be Place or excuse me, Microsoft? Is it going to be you know? Valve, maybe the Nintendo. retailers come out on top from this, like mm-hmm. like Steam, you know? Maybe that's more economical for people, especially with like their sales and everything, you know? I don't know if I mentioned this in our Steam review or not. I can't remember on the Steam Deck, but I think the question beckons, you know, as these, whether it's for Microsoft or whether it's for Sony, you know, as their profits get so much lower, are they going to start pulling out of gaming a little bit, you know? And as we see me as that something like that could potentially happen with Sony, something like it that could potentially happen with Microsoft. I think Nintendo will always exist because it's that, that is what it is. It's a gaming company or entertainment company. Whereas uh PlayStation for Sony and then Xbox for Microsoft are like additional things. But it kind of makes me wonder if we might be closer than we think to a one console world. And for me, I think the steam deck is actually a large step towards that future. Because this is a machine, a powerful machine that can run AAA games of this generation very well. It is portable. It can be docked on your computer. It or it can be docked to be played like a gaming PC. It can be docked on your TV to play like a console. You know, it really is kind of the one-stop shop. And I kind of think that we're slowly inching towards that future. And that Steam Deck is the first step towards that. Yeah. Wow. Bold predictions. Bold predictions. Um, you could be right there. I mean... Uh, this, I think there's just, like you said, there's just going to be a storm that everyone's just going to have to weather. I think, uh, Microsoft is probably the most insulated from that storm. I I don't, Nintendo's kind of like a black box. It's like, apparently they have a lot of cash on hand. Um, obviously the switch has done very well for several years, but it's, uh, you know, they, they have reports that they have to also release as well. Sony did just recently release their profit reports or their, you know, earnings report seven days ago, which is why we have this visibility here. But I cannot imagine Nintendo or Microsoft's uh, gaming profits dropping 49%, um, even with all that that we're talking about, inflation and currency de- decline and things like that. Um, just my my personal thought there. Yeah, for context, obviously this isn't like solely what makes this up, but Microsoft is down. Microsoft stock is down 31.63% year to date, and Sony is down 39.17 year to date. So, so a little bit more. They're both having a bad time to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um all right, Matt, you got Oh, I think I'm I'm the last one here with my my last uh my last little topic. 
this is this is not a big one. Uh, this is just uh, another another thing. Uh, we talked months ago about this. Uh, well, months ago, if you guys recall, uh, Square Enix did say that they were going to be doubling down on NFT and Web three efforts. Um, and recently was affiliated with um, some blockchain company that I can't I can't remember the name of specifically back in back in I think August or September. Um, and a few months ago, there was a rumor of a uh, revival of a Square game from back in the day, um, old franchise called uh, Parasite Eve. Uh, was rumored to be coming back in possibly in the form of a remaster. Uh, basically, there was a trademark filed in Japan for the term symbiogenesis, uh, which was a term that was the basis for a classic game called Parasite Eve. Turns out symbiogenesis is just an NFT grab uh, that they just announced via Twitter. Uh, and I put a link to the tweet there for you guys. Um, and it's it's just the replies are just a little bit of a cesspool. Um, it's a little <laughs> unclear what this is. It's just like a it just says spring 2023 hashtag sim G E N F T hashtag NFT hashtag NFT projects. Um, and it's just a Square Enix NFT thing. We don't even know exactly what it is. It's possibly a preamble for a remake, um, but it's clear that that Square Enix is just putting their putting nfts as a priority of what they're trying to push here uh, not a remake of something but uh, a word based on an old video game that's probably just an nft grab um yeah how are we feeling about this guys i mean i'm pretty out on nfts so i'll, I'll just leave it at that i mean <laughs> yeah pretty whack all around um i don't know i i i there is practical uses of the NFT technology, but I strongly dislike the online culture that is associated with it and the Web3 bro culture. So I just don't like it. I'll leave it at that. Hi, I'm Mickey? Like, oh, I'm, I have the same stance. Like, I think NFTs are so <laughs> stupid. It's yeah, just no, I, making I, artificial scarcity to give its value. And you know, you know what it is. I I'm like reading. I'm 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 reading the replies on this, and uh, it's either people being really upset at Square Enix for doing a money grab thing with this NFT, or people just defending NFTs. And I feel like I'm like I'm reading the NFT replies or the replies like to this whole thing, and like people are like. Oh, these guys, these fools don't understand. These haters don't get it. NFTs are the future. Uh, it's gonna. It, they just don't get it. And I'm like, I don't. Maybe I'm one of those guys that don't get it. I'm. Uh, <laughs> am I missing something? And like, I'm slowly getting pulled into this NFT cult, for sure. So catch me on Web three, oh um, in a few years, uh, with with all the <laughs> smart people. You guys. I do think there. I do think there is value to the technology behind it. I just don't think the way we're using it is that valuable. Well, this in particular is it's the tweet says NFT collectible art project and explicitly even web three people, even NFT bros are like out on art NFTs. Like a lot of them are like, like replies you'll see or threads. People are like, yeah, NFT, like the art NFT thing. That's whack. Like that's crash. That's done. But digital ownership of like Pokemon one day or like land or like in-game items skins that's the real thing that's the real future and it's like okay but 
Square Enix, a gaming company, just released a collectible art project NFT for spring 2023, like months after this art NFT crash that we've already had. So, yeah, a bunch of idiots. Uh, this is really, really dumb. All right, real quick before we <laughs> take sign. off here, Hot Mickey, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about... Oh, yeah, uh, another happened. event that happened. This Faker uh, win? No. <laughs> so the reason why I wanted oh, to mention World like, is because up. this is probably the single greatest storyline we may see in League of Legends. It's like pretty much the Cinderella story happened. We have DRX, the team that ended up winning Worlds. They were the fourth seed from LCK, which is the Korean League team. And they ended the year with a negative win rate. They had a 49% win rate. Barely made it to Worlds. Had to fight through a gauntlet to get the last qualifying spot for Worlds. And then they had to go go play in play-ins, which was played in Mexico, which is just a bunch of, like, uh, all, like, the very low seeds and, like, minor regions all compete in a little tournament to get to the main event. They... they Sorry, one more time, Mickey. Uh, Where are these guys from? DRX from Korea. Korea. Korea, okay. Korean... It was a Korean team versus a Korean yes. team for Worlds. Uh, so they had to go through play-ins to qualify for the main event. So sorry, first they had to go through the gauntlet to qualify for play-ins. Then they got to uh, go through play-ins to qualify for the main event, which is the actual where all the best teams for Worlds are. And then uh, they had to get out of their round-robin group. And then they had to be... Wait, who was there? Oh, I can't remember who the round one was. I think it was some China team. They beat a Chinese team. Uh, and then they go into the semifinals, play against Gen G, who they had never taken a game off all year long in the LCK, beat them game five, and then they go up against T1, wow. who they also have never taken a game off of, and then they beat them game five. T T1 yeah, is T1 Faker's is team. Faker's team. Yeah, the person yeah. who has three world champions, the greatest, who the, is the, the GOAT the of League of Legends. Yeah. So this is basically yeah, a, a like massive underdog story, underdog story an amazing storyline, yeah. how their middle laner Zeka had just like smurfed on the entire competition. Like some, some of the, who's uh, Deft? Deft? Oh, Mickey. Deft is the 80 carry for DRX. And he went to the same high school as Faker. And oh, so they've known each other hot. for so long. And, uh, in 2018, I think it was, was the last time Faker and Deft met in a World's Finals, and Faker won it that time. Uh, and now Deft finally came around Dang, and Deft got, with it, the run got back. it back in the run back. So now they have a best of three. <laughs> they need to do one more. Yeah, yeah. But, dang, but dang, De Deft awesome. has been that around is, really since cool. like season three of... Uh, season three, season four of League of Legends. He's just been, he's one of the oldest players. He's actually the oldest AD carry to win Worlds. Every single Worlds AD carry has been 21 or younger. And I think he's 25 or 26. Oh my God, dude. It's exactly like players, the the show from Paramount Plus. Yeah. <laughs> actually, like almost yeah. literally like the exactly show, everyone. Show. Go check out our interview with Young Ben if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, awesome. Like, that's awesome. If you have time to go I, I, watch that that best of five of DRX versus T1, I might go back. It is a great series. Yeah, I might might have to go do that. Um, who was the who's uh, the main eighty carries that definitely? Uh, main eighty carries? No, no, no. Corky, Corky, Corky's a mid laner. Now. <laughs> uh, oh, Ka Caitlin Zoe? was one of the main ones. Oh shoot, Callista, Jin. Jin. Jen, Jen was not playing. Oh, yeah. 
What about Zoe? Zoe's in Atlanta, but she's not good right now. According mm. to League, oh, not Zoe. I'm sorry. Oh, Zoe, no, Zoe's right now. Favorite oh, champs really? are Lucian. Lucian. Yeah. Lucian. Lucian was a big one. This was uh, Jinx and yeah, Ezreal got Ezreal. played like once. That, that, oh, Ezreal. That, that's, that's Ezreal got played. That's pretty cool. Because uh, every oh, nice. world's champion, nice. uh, they get to choose one champion they played at worlds, and they get a skin of that champion. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so we get a death. So we'll probably see um, like uh Zeka Akali skin, uh Piosic, uh the Kindred skin, uh I forget what the others chose. Deft might be Ezreal. Awesome. I'm sure I'm sure the entire TFP audience is so excited because we're just mm-hmm. full of lead <laughs> fanatics. Exactly. Absolutely. Um I think my favorite thing to come from Worlds, like my favorite meme that I saw was like, uh, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but like Faker is like notoriously difficult to watch. Like it's hard to watch his stream. <laughs> I know exactly so what you're talking about. <laughs> so like, so, wait, he's so, so he's so what? So, he's so high, like actions per minute. Like his APM mm. is so high that like Faker's literally like, his key bindings are going to like check. He's checking on his other lanes. So pretty while much, you can, use, you can you in can such use rapid succession. To j- camera control to your different champions. So he uses those to jump around the yeah, map exactly. so fast. So if you watch his if you watch his stream, it's like he is comprehending faster than you can what is what he's seeing on the screen. Like he'll tab and look at his scoreboard or CS, fa- and he'll just see the whole thing, and you can't you can't see it. Like he's just so he's so dialed in. So he people, just he like paints a picture of the map. Yeah, he just sees everything so fast. So it's hard to watch Faker stream. So there is like a, the meme is like he was on stage just like playing the game, or like he might have even been warming up, and somebody like got a video of him and zoomed in, and like it's like damn, Faker's just built different, and they just like edited like he was playing Fortnite mm-hmm. at the same time. This all somebody and he was playing like Overwatch. <laughs> he was yeah, he was just playing every game at once and just killing everybody like, and winning. That, that, that it was that, like damn, bro, Faker. That, that, that was a meme before because uh, when Faker streamed a lot, uh, like during his games, like he'll play some kind of like indie game in the background and he'll try to like finish a run as the game's loading. And he'll try to lane and play that game at the same time. And he's died a couple times. It's That's so crazy, funny. dude. Faker is out of control good. It's just he's not That's human. A, I like that too because, I mean, I I love seeing when like things between sports translate to other sports. Because one of the most important traits, particularly if you're playing like in the midfield in soccer, is if you watch a professional soccer game, watch the center midfielders. And when they don't have the ball watch how many times they turn their head and look behind them or like scan the field that's not in the direct field of vision. Cause like that one quick head turn, that split second head turn. Now they have a like perfect mental image of what's behind them. Like oh, that's the difference maker at the top level. Kind of the same way figures out like constantly bouncing around. Yeah. Um, scanning the game. Scanning the, the game. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. And also killing people in yeah. Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. It's just anytime, anytime someone like, I don't know why it just, it kills me anytime there's like a meme of someone like if it involves Fortnite, I'm laughing. <laughs> like I'm laughing at that shit. Like, like when you just like see someone build a bunch of shit and jump up a bunch of like a tower that's instantly built. That shit is like it's just so degenerate to me that it's just a joke. It's just like yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I think Love that covers it. all the topics for today. Uh, we are pretty wrapped up. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, but you know I. This was a long recording. I plugged everything at the beginning. You heard me. Probably not 
you're probably going to close out by this point. Um, all right, everyone, <laughs> that's all we got today. Um, Lucas, where can we find you? Uh, Discord, please. Instagram, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get us out of here, man. Mickey, yeah, Twitter, where can Discord, we find you? Yada, 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 all that stuff. Talk to me about anime. <laughs> Come join the fucking Discord. All right, everyone, this is good. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skip it about. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Real Call Bunch Red Circle 